Hey everybody, welcome to No Bones About Wrestling. I'm your host, Asa, and I'm here with Kay Fabulous. Hey. And this is your CM Punk and Friends Report, a show known to most people as AEW Collision. show was August 5th, 2023, live in Greenville, South Carolina. And let's get right into it. Uh, they had they do these little promos, you know, 10 seconds or so at the top of the show. And this week they had uh, CM Punk talking about Ricky Starks. They had Ricky Starks t- talking about CM Punk. They had Brian Cage, Big Bill, and Prince Nana talking about how they were going to win the World Tag Team titles. And then they had FTR talking about how they weren't going to lose the World Tag Team titles. And then the, the credits roll when they play Elton John. Uh, Saturday night's all right for fighting. And then we get right into it with our first match, and that was the World Tag Team title match. And this was a good one. Uh, this was a great episode of Collision. Yeah, I agree. Uh, may- maybe their best so far. I'm not, I'm not sure. Last week's was really good. Last week's was really good. I'm going to go with last week's being the best. But uh, this week's was pretty damn good also. Uh, yeah, so this FTR defending their World Tag Team titles against Big Bill... And one-third of the Ring of Honor six-man tag champs, Brian Cage. And uh, Brian Cage, a member of the Mogul Embassy. He was accompanied by Prince Nana. Uh, Cash Wheeler, when he came in, he had an ode to Dennis Condry jacket of uh, Dennis Condry of the Midnight Express in the NWA in the 1980s. Uh, So here, uh, very soon in the... Close to the beginning of the match, I should say. Cash Wheeler jumped over Brian Cage. Jumped over Brian Cage, I said. uh, On an Irish whip rebound. That was amazing. Uh, There's another one. Cash was whipped in. uh, Shoulder tackled both men from... I said Cage was whipped in. Excuse me. Brian Cage was whipped in. Shoulder tackled both men from FTR. Uh, Wheeler was trying to get Big Bill down. And he was met with a body slam and a jumping elbow drop. I tell you, Big Bill is versatile mm-hmm. offensively and is very agile for his size. Yeah, I completely agree. I'm a big fan. I always have mm-hmm. been. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, they got to get something going with him. And he's yeah. funny, too. Yeah, hopefully they stick with him and Brian Cage together and make him in... Official member of the Mogul Embassy, if he's not already. and They're an awesome tag team. They're an awesome tag team. They're awesome. Uh, yeah, and Brian Cage came out, I didn't mention this, came out with his face painted, kind of like Sting. It was orange and blue. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't exactly Sting makeup, but it was definitely reminiscent of it. And then his pants were reminiscent of Sting, 1990s pants. Hmm. So I'm that not sure what that cool. was about. Yeah, 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 he looked cool. He looked like an action figure. He did, yeah. He, <laughs> yes, he did. Uh, FTR, a clothesline Brian Cage over the top rope, which that would have been a disqualification in 1990s WCW. <laughs> uh, Big Bill, military presses Cash Wheeler onto Dax on the outside. Just threw him right out of the ring. Uh, Brian Cage hit a nice drop kick on the Wheeler. I, it's, it's amazing Brian Cage can even get high enough off the ground to do a drop kick. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a huge guy. Yeah. And Big Bill does a little dance. Uh, and then Big Bill was shaking his tits 
in front of Cash's mom and making a kissy face. And uh, she didn't like it. And Cash Wheeler's mom, uh, in attendance, you know, Cash is from uh, North Carolina, from Asheville. Uh, Cash Wheeler's mom slaps Big Bill. Uh, back in the ring, Cash German suplexes Brian Cage. And Harwood came in with some nice punches on both opponents. Uh, Dax then went on, he bit Big Bill. Uh, FTR went for the top rope double team bulldog and got it. Uh, this is Steiner Brothers move. Uh, Brian Cage uh, got Harwood on his back and, excuse me, Brian Cage had Harwood on his back and caught Cash Wheeler jumping off the middle rope. So he was holding two men weight on him. He then drops his weight back, you know, he falls backwards, dropping his weight onto Harwood and performs a fallaway slam onto Cash Wheeler. Amazing. It was the most impressive thing I've seen. Amazing. Yeah. I've never seen never seen that. That was amazing. I just say it's the most impressive feat of strength I've ever seen. Not me, but maybe in a wrestling ring. Yeah. It was amazing. Um, Brian Cage jackhammers Wheeler and Big Bill chokeslams Harwood simultaneously. It was looking like they were going to win. Brian Cage hit a senton over the ropes onto FTR. Uh, But then FTR, they got a shatter machine for the uh, pin and the win. Four and a half bones out of five. Excellent match. I was impressed they could get Cage up for the shatter machine. Yeah. He's a big dude. True. Uh, yeah, four and a half bones out of five. Very good match. FTR continue their string of just excellent matches. Mm-hmm. And, of course, their opponents should get some credit as well, of course. Um, after the match, FTR challenged the Young Bucks for all-in at Wembley Stadium. And you got to think, they're the world tag team champions. you got to think the Young Bucks are going to accept, right? Oh, yeah. So it looks like we have a second official match. Well, it's not official, so never mind. <laughs> it's close to being our second official match for Wembley and all in on August 27th. Kay, what do you have to say about this opening tag team contest? Um, I mean, you did a really great job covering it. You got everything that I had down. Uh, you have already said. So I think uh, the only thing I have to add is that even though I wasn't for FTR, I am glad that they won because it meant that I got to hear their sweet music again. Their music is my favorite wrestling song. I think that is some that is some hot music right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. Definitely eighties yeah. throwback music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this was a great match. Just a great way to open the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't expect this match to go on first, uh, so it was a nice surprise. I didn't expect it. I mean, I expected it to be good. I didn't expect it to be as good as it was, though. So. Yeah, and I love the this tag team of Brian Cage and Big Bill from the Blind Eliminator Tournament has turned into an actual tag team. Well, not just them, but MJF and Adam Cole. Oh, that's true. And Daniel Garcia and Sammy Guevara. So and We got three. So, cool. so our initial complaints, or your initial complaints about it taking away from the real tag teams, in reality, it has created three new tag teams. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, lo- I love this team of Big Bill and Brian Cage. They they need to stick around. It's, it's true. These are two of your 
like the two guy, two of the three guys, I'd say, that you felt like they were underutilizing the most that had like the most talents. Mm-hmm. I'd say that was Big Bill, Brian Cage, and probably uh, Tony Nese mm-hmm. are your three like go to. So it's nice that two of them put together have become something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's great to see. Uh, up next, we had a video package detailing the CM Punk Ricky Starks feud. Uh, of course, Ricky Starks has pinned CM Punk twice while cheating twice, uh, holding the rope to to keep CM Punk down. Uh, Tony Schiavone is with Juice Robinson and a cardboard Jay White. Uh, Jay White comes in and takes out the cardboard Jay White and says he'll beat Metalik. Uh, he brings on the guns as announcers. Uh, Colton Gunn mocks Jim Ross, and Austin Gunn mocks Tony Schiavone. And then they say, guns up, and all their hands, they put all their hands in Tony Schiavone's face. Mm-hmm. And even the hand from the cardboard cutout that's doing the guns up, they put, put them all in Tony's face. It's pretty funny. To have like five hands right in his face. Mm-hmm. Tony Schiavone was all over the place in this episode. We're going to say his name like eight more times before the night's over. Like at least eight more times. Uh, Up next, we had our AEW TBS championship match. Uh, The champion, Chris Statlander, defending against Mercedes Martinez. Uh, Statlander was on Martinez right from the start. Uh, We had a somersault plancha by Statlander. Uh, Martinez answered back with two butterfly suplexes, a camel clutch applied by Martinez, Starlander answered back with a clothesline, and a backbreaker. Uh, Martinez had a nice spot with a super German suplex, looked nasty. Uh, And then eventually, though, Statlander was able to hit her finisher, the Saturday Night Fever. Statlander got the pin and the win. And this was a very good match. Four bones out of five. And before I get to what happened after the match, uh, Kay, what do you have to say about the uh, TBS championship match here? I enjoyed this. Yeah, um, yeah. Both women were, they, they brought it. Yeah, yeah. The crowd was overwhelmingly for Statlander. Like, oh, yeah. Like she was, she shocking, was actually over. vocal, yeah. She was actually over with this crowd, yeah. It was nice to see. Um there was a good leg sweep by Statlander early on. Uh, Martinez had two, like, kind of ugly but very effective suplexes. Um, there were two weak-looking clo- clotheslines by Stat, but she followed it with a great high knee to the uh, the face of Martinez. Mm-hmm. Martinez had a good camel clutch at one point. Um, and then there was a... I, don't, I, think, I think I got this from the announcers... Uh, but a super spine suplex by Martinez was awesome. Uh, and she followed it with a running knee, but then only got a two count. But it's a hard-hitting, pretty much constantly going match. You know, there wasn't like a lull in exciting action. Mm-hmm. Um, however, mm-hmm. when Chris got the three count, on three, Martinez's shoulders were clearly off the Oh yeah, mat. I was going to get to that. Yeah. Okay, that's part of the match, so I feel like I can, <clears throat> I can, I can say it. I can, yeah, I can, yeah. I can add that in. Yeah, like I was like yelling at the television. 
Well, all right. After the match, and you're right, her shoulders were clearly clearly off the mat. Uh, after the match, Martinez uh, pled her case to the official, and uh, to, to no, you know, did no good. Match was over, and then Martinez attacks Statlander, and then Diamante came down to also beat up Statlander. Uh, so it was a two-on-one, and we were wondering, you know, does Statlander not have any friends, you know? Mm-hmm. If this were Mexico, the best friends would come come out and beat these women up. But we are mm-hmm. not in Mexico. We are in America, so the men aren't allowed to hit the women. Uh, so Willow Nightingale mm-hmm. came down for the save, and the heels fled. So this set up a, a tag team match for next week on Collision of Chris Statlander and Willow Nightingale versus Diamante and Mercedes Martinez. So it was nice seeing things leading to angles in mm-hmm. in the women's uh in the women's division. Yeah. Very nice. Sure. Uh after this, Tony Schiavone was with Tony Storm who was wearing what would you call it? A dressing robe. Okay, yes. A dressing robe. Kind of like a, a starlet. Yeah, like a like a dressing gown kind like, of, but like, it was a robe. Like yeah. yes, you you would picture a woman wearing sitting at her makeup table. Yeah. And she's kind of going crazy. She has her hair in like rollers too, basically. <clears throat> right. It's like pinned to like set to curl. She's very unkempt looking, but like on the way to being kempt. <laughs> but she's kind of going crazy since she's lost the women's title. And she's asking Shivani, aren't I pretty anymore? Aren't I enough? And things like that. Uh, but she still looked beautiful, you know. Even though they were supposed to be, it's supposed to be unkempt, she still looked hot as hell. Yeah. <laughs> she looked like Marilyn Monroe getting ready. Yes, yeah, she did. Had like the beauty mark mm-hmm. on. Uh, but yeah, so I don't know if this is going to be her new thing, going crazy since she lost the belt. I don't I'm okay, know. I'm okay with it. Mm. We'll see. We'll see. She the promo was was good, but I'm not sure if that's enough of a. We'll see where it goes. Well, I'm I'm okay with it because I like the idea of her having, a story that doesn't involve the outcasts. Yeah. Um. And just to show how much the title meant to her, mm-hmm. you know. All right, so next we have Ring of Honor. This is a non-title match. Ring of Honor World Television Champion Samoa Joe took on Serpentico. And uh, Joe caught him in uh, the uh, Coquina Clutch, and Serpentico tapped out in under 10 seconds, and that was the match. Samoa Joe won. Uh, I don't rate squashes. Uh, after the match, Joe challenged Punk for All In and gave him one week to answer. And you presume he's uh, challenging him for the, the real world title, you know? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't remember him mentioning it, but you, you got to assume that's what he wants it for. Yeah, he didn't mention that. He wants it for for vengeance, you know. I don't think he yeah. cares about the title. He wants right to prove that he's better than CM Punk. Mm-hmm. 
So I think we can count that one as signed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so later I'm, I'm going to go over the card the way I think it, it looks right now. Um, actually, heck, let's do it right now. Why not? So for all in, the way I think it looks, and this is from different sources. This is just an... Uh, aggregated from from different uh sources that that i trust mm-hmm. that have been not official these are not official these are just as i said aggregated from different sources that i trust who are usually right about things uh, we have one official match aw world title match mjf puts the belt on the line against adam cole uh we have Real-world title match that's been challenged, CM Punk versus Samoa Joe. We have world tag team match, uh, world excuse me, world tag team title match uh, that's been challenged, FTR versus the Young Bucks. And now the rest of these are rumors. Uh, women's world title match, this is just what I think it's going to be, Hikaru Shida defending against Soraya. Because Soraya is all over the advertisement for the show. I think she'll be getting the women's world title shot. Uh, IWGP United States title match. There are a lot of reports that Will Ospreay will be defending against Chris Jericho. Uh, AEW international title match. Orange Cassidy of the Best Friends group defending against John Moxley of the Blackpool Combat Club. Uh, that feud is kind of brewing on uh, on dynamite. We saw some of it this week, and so that is how I see the card uh, right now. I tried to put only things that are I'm pretty pretty sure about. Um, Can I tell you the two that I hope you're wrong about? Okay. I hope you are wrong about Will Ospreay and Jericho. Well, that one I. That one I've heard from multiple sources is happening, so I don't know about that. What's the other one? Uh, is the Soraya and... Uh, that one just came out of, out of my head. Yeah, no, so, but you're right. She's like in the center the, of... Everything else, everything else came from other sources. The yeah. Soraya Hikaru Shida just came from me being like, Soraya's all over the advertisement. Yeah. It's in London. She's getting the title shot. <sighs> so all the rest are are pretty... You know, are fairly certain. I would say the as and and again the Sheeta versus Soraya is, is just out of my out of my head. And that's where I see the card for right now. There's six matches and we'll have more. I'm sure. You didn't have FDR and Young Bucks on that. I said it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, up next, uh, the acclaimed speak about Billy Gunn and how despondent they've been. Uh, since he retired, and uh, it was sad to see the acclaimed down, you know, they're usually so happy, and rapping, and dancing, and scissoring, and all that stuff, you know? There was an Andrade promo before that. Oh, that I missed. Yeah. Thank you. Um, It was basically just a video montage of, and recap of the story with him in the House of Black, and him getting his mask back last week. Uh, it kind of left it at a question mark as to where he goes from here. Gotcha. All right. Up next, we had the 
AEW World Trios title match. And the dealer's choice, this was a, the only open challenge rules. What do they, they call it? Uh, house, open house rules. Open house rules. Uh, and the dealer's choice, the rule that the challengers got to pick, was Julia Hart is banned from ringside. And this was the House of Black defending their World Trios titles against Action Andretti, Darius Martin, and Lee Johnson. Alright, so Darius Martin uh, with a nice bulldog that uh, took him through the ropes, actually. Uh, uh, There's a nice uh, leg sweep by Malachi Black. He came in. Uh, Darius Martin came off the top uh, with a splash that accomplished nothing. Uh, Action Andretti hit a Hurricane Rana. Lee Johnson came off with a moonsault. That turned into a double scorpion death drop. Uh, Brody King covers Lee. And Dreddy comes off with a 450 splash to break it up at two. Uh, Andretti uh, was tossed up by Martin and nailed by two high knees. A lariat on Johnson and a pin and a win for the House of Black. That was on Martin. Huh? The pin was on Darius Martin, the Lariat, and the pen. It was on Martin? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I see. Lariat. Oh, okay. Excuse, yeah, excuse me. It was, no, it was a confusing, odd ending, and it seemed like the ending was, like, out of nowhere. But go ahead, sorry, go ahead and give your bone rating. So, yeah, it was it was a good match. Um, kind of random, no real story to the match at all. Um but the work the work was good. I give it three and a half bones out of five. Kay, what do you have to say about the World Trios title match? I enjoyed it. Um, yeah. It's also nice to see that we're getting some high flyers on uh, Collision. Yeah, exactly. Because at first, like the first several episodes, it looked like that wasn't going to be a thing. Um, and it seems like they're breaking away from that. So that's nice to see. Um my favorite note that I wrote down during this match is that Malachi's legs are magical. <laughs> they are crazy. Like, his kicks and his high knees are not only, like, so forceful, but they are, like, spot-on accurate every time. Like, it's like he's... It's like... He's like he's a scorpion, and they're like stings to the other person, you know? Like, they're lightning fast. It's just crazy. I was, I'm, like, mesmerized by him. Um... Uh, Lee Johnson was like waiting and waiting and waiting to try to get tagged in and finally got the hot tag. Mm-hmm. And he does a nice crossbody to Malachi from the top turnbuckle. I wanted to point out that the uh, 450 that Action Andretti did uh, to break the pin uh, that King had on Johnson yeah. was off the middle of the, the top rope. So he was like halfway between the two turnbuckles. So I thought that was impressive because normally you see that from, from a turnbuckle. But he jumped up to the top rope and then did the 450. Uh, so I thought that was really impressive and worth mm-hmm. noting. Um, but yeah, other than that, my, I'm just complaining about the ending. Because uh, I, I didn't write down who it was. But I think it was Action Andretti. Got uh, like slammed by uh, Malachi and Matthews. And then it was just like 
I mean, you can call it a lariat, but it was, it looked just like a hard clothesline, mm -hmm. uh, on Martin. And like, that's what did the match. That's what ended the match. And that just seemed like a weak move to end the match on. Mm -hmm. Cause it's not like he had been getting like the crap beaten out of him prior to that to be like worn down. So it just seemed like a quick and surprising ending, but not in a good surprising way. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. I agree. Uh, next, we had a uh, an interview with Powerhouse Hobbs and QT Marshall and QTV. They showed up, and Hobbs basically told them to fuck off. He said, "I don't need you," and uh, yeah, fuck off, you know. And thanks for the necklace. Yeah, and thanks for the neck. Yeah, thanks for the. I'll take the gold. Thanks <laughs> and bye. They presented him with like this, like velvet box filled with gold necklaces. <laughs> so we have some announcements of matches coming up soon. I'm going to go ahead and uh, go ahead and let you know. Uh, let's see. On Dynamite this coming Wednesday, FTW champion Jack Perry defends against Rob Van Dam. I can't believe I'm saying that. <laughs> uh, MJF and Adam Cole appear. Uh, the Hardys take on the Young Bucks. There is a Jericho Appreciation Society meeting. The Lucha Brothers face John Moxley and Ring of Honor World Champion Claudio Castagnoli. Uh, women's Champion uh, Hikaru Shida defends her belt against Anna Jay. Sounds like a pretty killer dynamite to me. Uh, collision next week is in Greensboro, North Carolina, and we will be there. And what do we got so far? Uh, we've got Mercedes Martinez and Diamante teaming up against TBS champion Chris Statlander and Willow Nightingale. Uh, also, the acclaimed return to action against someone. Uh, and then we had one other match. CMFTR. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, CMFTR versus the House of Black take on the House of Black for the World Trios titles so that'll be pretty awesome okay so up next we had Jay White versus Metalik we had a uh, Tony Schiavone interview before that with whom? Uh, with Christian his daughter and Luchasaurus oh, why don't you tell us what happened um so uh I can't tell you what happened because I don't. I didn't write down what happened. I just wrote down that there was a promo. Oh, okay. Um, I, essentially, it was him being like mean to his daughter on camera, right? And him saying that uh, he's the champion and and that like people who don't earn belts shouldn't parade around like they're the champion. I think referring to CM Punk. Yeah, yeah. right. I think that was the gist of it. Which of course is ironic because he's not really the champion. Uh, Luchasaurus is, so interesting. Yeah, I missed that. Thank you for filling mm -hmm. in the gaps there. Yeah. Uh, so next we had uh, Switchblade, Jay White versus Metalik. Uh, White kicks Metalik down in the corner, uh, then chops him some. DDT by White. Metalik gets thrown out of the ring, and Juice Robinson starts screaming in his face. Uh, Tilt-A-Whirl Backbreaker back inside the ring by White. A Sling Blade Bulldog by Metalik. Uh, precision Spinning on the Ropes 
footwork into a flying head scissors by Metalik. A moonsault to the outside from Metalik. Back in the ring, though, White hits the Blade Runner. That was it for the pin and the win. I'm calling this one a squash. It was quick, and Metalik didn't get a lot in, so I'm not rating this one. And then after the match, they brought the cardboard cutout of Jay White back out for some reason. Well, it was out the whole time. It was behind the the guns who were on commentary. Mm-hmm. It was, which I like, if I had the seats behind the commentary table, I'd be so mad. Because yeah. Cardboard Jay White was, like, blocking their view of the whole match. Um, I only had one note that, that I, I don't think you mentioned. There was a Cobra Clutch Suplex, which I don't think I had ever seen before, uh, by Jay, followed by the Blade Runner. Oh, I guess I missed that. Yeah, it was, like, right before he did the Blade Runner for the pin and win. Okay. Yeah, it was a very short match. Mm. Yeah, it, it could have been a lot better. Mm-hmm. I mean, Metal League is awesome. Yeah. Jay White's awesome. Let him have some time, you mm-hmm. know. One thing that I liked before the match even got started, uh, Jay White did some nice heel work where he took his shirt off and was like pretending like he was going to throw it to the crowd and he was going to like each side of the ring like, oh, who's going to get it? Which side's going to get it? And then he tossed it to the guns. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty and good. the crowd was very angry. <laughs> so I wanted to just add, talk about this real quick. So Chris Statlander is our TBS champion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, all, we talk about the women's world title a lot. We don't talk about the TBS title a whole lot. That is true. That's because, well, Jade Cargill had it for like nine years, it felt like. so. True. Um, but now Chris Statlander has it. Mm-hmm. And so, who do you see as her next opponent? I mean, she's in this little feud with Mercedes Martinez right now, but who mm-hmm. who would be a suitable next opponent for her? I think. Well, I think part or, of that. Or, or or say that who would be the next person to to win the belt? Hmm. That's a harder question. <laughs> um, I'll tell you who I, I think. think. Well, so I think I think a problem is there are so few mid card women on AEW, and they've been pulling some of the mid carders to go against Tony Storm, and so I feel like, and especially like if if Statlander's a face and you want heel mid carders, Anna Jay and Julia Hart are the only two that I can name even, and they're not even mid card. They're like Ruby Soho. She's that's what mid-card? I was gonna say. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Mid card. She hasn't won anything in the. Yeah, she's not main event. She hadn't been in the women's world title picture at all. I say give her the TBS title. I mean, after Statlander has mm-hmm. it for a bit, give it to Soho. Give her, give her something. You know. What I would like to see happen is they have this tag match on Saturday between Diamante and. Uh, and Martinez, Martinez versus yeah. Statlander and Willow. And as a thank you to Willow for teaming with her, mm-hmm. she gives Willow a a challenge opportunity or a championship opportunity mm-hmm. and Willow win it. Mm. That could be cool. And yeah. end her reign this soon? Yeah, but we already had a long reign. You know, we don't need another one. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah. I, I want a belt back on Willow. Like, I know that the first belt she had was kind of like an accidental belt, and they gave her the uh, Owen Hart Cup tournament belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that belt disappears. Like, we already... Ricky Starks didn't come out with it, you know? I mean, yeah. like, they're not coming out with the Owen Hart Cup belts, and neither did the last two to win it. And so I want I want her to have a belt that she can parade around with. I see. Yeah. She deserves it. That's for sure. Yeah, I would say Ruby Soho, she's a hard worker. A good worker, seems to be. And, uh, yeah, she never, never won a belt in WWE. Hasn't won a belt in AEW. The Riot Squad didn't have a belt? I don't think so. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. Huh, that's just surprising. Uh, but Who was the, the third girl that was in there? The blonde one? Liv Morgan. That was Liv Morgan? Uh, Ruby Riot. And, and, Ruby Sarah Logan, and Sarah Logan. Sarah Logan, yeah. Okay, Liv Morgan was the one I was forgetting. Hmm. Alright, well, up next... Uh, the main event of this collision, the, quote, real world title match, which had CM Punk defending his, quote-unquote, real world title against Ricky Starks. And we had Ricky the fucking Dragon Steamboat as a special guest outside referee. That was awesome to see Ricky Steamboat. Uh, this one starts out with a nice arm drag by Starks. Uh, punch nail, or excuse me, Punk nails Starks with some chops in the corner. Uh, Ricky reverses with some boots to Punk in the corner. Punk Irish whips Stark right into the turnbuckle. Uh, Starks with a baseball slide knocks Punk out of the ring. Starks gets him back in for a two count. There's a superplex by Punk for a two count. Uh, Punk with some great looking punches. Irish whip and a drop kick. Then an Irish whip and a swinging neck breaker by Punk. Punk, uh, his offense looked fantastic in this match. Mm-hmm. He looked great. Uh, Punk takes Starks up for the GTS. Starks shimmies out, but Punk shifts his weight and pins Starks just for a two-count, though. Punk goes for a pile driver, but Starks reverses it into an Alabama slam. Starks runs into the ref. I'm not sure if it was accidental or purposeful. It looked accidental. Yeah. Uh, Starks pins Punk, but with both feet on the ropes for leverage. Ricky Steamboat knocks his feet off the ropes. Punk then rolls up Starks for the pin, and Ricky Steamboat counts the three for the win. Terrific match, back and forth, uh, ebb and flow, uh, told the story, four and a half bones out of five. Great main event, great work by both guys, and by Ricky Steamboat. Uh, okay, before I say what happened after the match, what do you have to add? So... Beautiful punches by both men. Uh, I'm a big, I'm a big punch girl. I like a good punch. Uh, 
in my in my wrestling matches Mm -hmm. and you see a lot of really weak looking punches from people sometimes and that was not the case in this match uh and then i just had i had two other times that steamboat got involved in the match that i felt like were worth pointing out and sorry if you mentioned these but um at one point punk and ricky went to the outside and punk started wailing on ricky on the ground and steamboat actually pulled punk off of him um did you already mention that no okay okay Um, and then Steamboat, I, I wrote down Steamboat rats out, uh, Ricky for holding onto the ropes with, uh, while, while, he, while he had Punk in a submission hold, he was holding onto the... That's his job. The ropes for, yeah. He's there to enforce the rules. But he didn't knock his hand away, he just, he, like, tattled to the ref. Yeah, tattle, he's there to he make sure that cheaters don't cheat. He tattled. <laughs> if you're gonna be disrespectful... <laughs> To Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, you're not going to be allowed on the podcast anymore. No, I'm sorry. I wasn't meaning to be disrespectful. It was just funny because, like, instead of taking care of himself, he told the other referee. Like, why not just undo his hand from the the rope? Well, didn't he have that power as the guest referee? Because he does it later in the match twice. You're going to be rude. (laughs) You know I'm right. That's why you're not saying anything. About Ricky Steamboat. (laughs) You're not going to be allowed on the podcast anymore. I'm not anymore. being rude about him. I'm just saying. he. I felt like he should have handled it himself instead of going to the other referee and letting them handle it. I heard you. That's, I just, those are the only things I, that you that I had that you hadn't mentioned. Right. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> so after the match, Starks attacks Steamboat. He steals his belt off of him. And starts whipping him with his own belt. Like hard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but of course, you know, CM Punk uh, puts a stop to it. And it looks like this Punk and Starks feud may, it may not be over, right? Yeah, which will be interesting if we also get a Samoa Joe to, and Punk feud leading up to All In. Like, it'll be interesting to see how they balance those two. Could end up with a triple threat match, no, you know. That's the- no, no. Well, we could. We could. Punk but... and two enemies. Ooh. I feel like this did a really good job of solidifying Ricky's heel turn, though, because he'd been oh, yeah. walking the fence. But watching him beat made me old, hate him. Old Ricky's Ricky Steamboat. Like the most likable wrestler yeah. ever. Not only that, but like he's also like very old now. So he was like beating up an old man, and a very revered old man, like. The crowd, which during this match was pretty much 50-50 for Punk and Ricky, that whole audience turned on him and mm-hmm. was, like, booing the crap out of him. So good. I think it was a good way to turn him fully heel. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not that it's... anyone should have been beating up Ricky Steamboat. I want to make that clear. I'm not saying people should beat him up. It was great. I mean, we had that angle with Ricky Steamboat. Um uh... What else did we have going on here? Um, we got the women's angle. We had the women's angle going on with the TBS title, mm-hmm. and that we had Tony Storm going a little crazy. Mm-hmm. We got some things going here on this collision. Uh, some stories, you know, people always complain that AEW doesn't have storylines and shit. And pretty much every match. Uh, has a story to it. FTR against Big Bill and Brian Cage didn't, but it was fantastic. Um, uh, but 
everything else uh, either started a story or was part of a story, I believe. Mm-hmm. Every other match. Um, yeah, not the trios match. Or Jay White versus Metal League. So I guess so I guess half the matches. But my point is we started other stories as well. Like Tony Storm didn't even have a match and we started mm-hmm. her going crazy without the belt story. Um it was just nice to see things going on and wrestlers having things to do besides wrestling. You know, I mean I like mm-hmm. the wrestling, that's what I'm there for. But I love the stories too. Well, and we got two matches proposed for All In. Right. They still need to be accepted, but two challenges put out there, so... Exactly. That's so awesome. starts of starts yeah. of stories for that, which, I mean, it's the fifth... We got 22 days, guys. Get this shit going. We got one match official. They have time. No. The time is now. <laughs> the time is now. Get it together, Tony Khan. Put out the fucking matches. 22 days, man. 22 days away. I mean, I know you know... Like, the tickets are already sold, but you still gotta get people to buy it on pay-per-view. And, shit, if they don't know what the matches are, why are they gonna buy it? Because by the time it's time to buy it, they'll know what the matches are. Yeah, but, I mean... People like stories behind stuff. That's why the Bloodline is so popular. That's why WWE is... Like, doubling AEW's ratings and shit, because they have stories. I don't want I don't want as much story as WWE, as much talking as WWE, but yeah. give me something, you know. Mm-hmm. Let's give me some stories. Anyways. So, folks, uh, that does it for this week's AEW Collision Report. Uh, CM Punk and Friends had a good time. Um, had a, had a better time than at SummerSlam. This yeah. one had this one head to head with SummerSlam, so keep that in mind if you see the ratings numbers, because I'm sure they're yeah. lower than normal. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, we watched this. We watched SummerSlam instead of this, because we had some friends who were do, doing a watch along, and uh, of SummerSlam that is, and uh, like. All things being equal, I wish we'd watch Collision. Uh, but like I said, we had friends doing the watch-along of SummerSlam, so, you know. That was fun. That was fun, yeah. It yeah. was fun. But but as far as the match, the cards, Collision was, was way better than SummerSlam was. Yeah. Way better. Yeah. And it had, you know, it didn't even have super-duper matches, and we had a one squash match on it. Yeah. But it was still, it was a more entertaining show than SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely. Yeah, I agree. And the main event was better. CM Punk and uh, Ricky Starks put on a better match than Roman and Jay did. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, you can hear our full thoughts on SummerSlam uh, tomorrow. Because uh, tomorrow, Monday, yeah. Monday. Monday yeah. the 7th, we're putting out our SummerSlam report. Um, and then you'll next hear from us on Thursday for our Dynamite recap and review. So wherever you listen to podcasts, subscribe to us. That way you don't miss any shows. Um, and also rate us, please. Give us five bones, five stars. 
10 stars, whatever they'll, they'll let you give us, give it, give us the highest, because that's how we get new fans, and we can all talk about wrestling together, and it'll be fun. Uh, if you want to get at us on Twitter, we're on there a lot. Uh, I am No Bones Wrestling. That's No Bones R A S S L I N, and K is K Fabulous Eight Zero. That's K A Y Fabulous Eight Zero. So get at us on Twitter if you'd like. And uh, as Mick Foley would say, have a nice day, and we will uh, we'll see you tomorrow with our SummerSlam recap. Bye.